0: The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters.
1: I, <laughs> we're back here at Lazy's. So I want to thank um, Mr. So really shern uh, for joining us in hour number one, before we bring in uh, Miss uh, <coughs> uh, Courtney Lang, uh, let me do some program notes for Channel 12, you know, the dozen, the the reason why we have radio uh, today. We, PBS Hour at 7 p.m., start us off, then we get the Great Chicago Five. right? The Great Chicago Fire, I mean, sorry, Great Chicago Fire, discover how the Chicago landscape was changed forever that's from 8 to 9 Then at 9 a citizen's guide to preserving democracy explore how Americans are working towards strengthening uh, democracy that's from 9 to 10 10 p.m. POV point of view take an intimate look behind the closed doors of the Chinese birth tourism industry in the US and that's a two-hour deal okay that goes from 10 to midnight then of course I'm important company starts at midnight normally starts at 11 but time ton back from in November okay so, I'm a important company, which is normally 11. There's no... Uh, I'm been thing. We got no show tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So, tomorrow night, get the PBS News. hour at 7. Consuelo Macwell track at 7.30. At 8. I'm sorry. In Conversation with AARP at 8.30. Washington Week with the Atlantic at 9. Firing Line with Margaret Hoover at 9.30. And then the American Buffalo. I explore how America's national mammal is driven to near extinction. So... Got a good lineup tonight, right? Nozawa Great Chicago Fire, A Citizen's Guide to Preserving Democracy, POV, i an important company, and then <clears throat> tomorrow, the Nozawa Uh followed by Consuelo Mack, in conversation with AARPVI, Washington Week, Firing Line, and then the American uh, Buffalo. Okay? so another Juve, Doggy, and West, and all that good stuff, so you know it is. We do the festival here. But we're going to talk with Miss um, Courtney Lang. Mr. Mr., Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Courtney. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm
1: doing well. I know this name. I know this name, Courtney Lang. Yeah, yes,
2: yeah. maybe. Um, I used to do Caribbean Corners a while ago with Winnie Bishop
1: out of New York. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. Uh,
2: maybe, maybe,
1: maybe there. Okay. Okay. Well, Happy New Year. Glad to have you on.
2: Thank you. I'm delighted to be on. Happy mm-hmm. New Year to you. I'm
1: sorry, talking about. So. Lanco Partners.
2: Lang- mm-hmm. Lanco, Lanco oh. and Partners.
1: Lanco and Lanco Partners. And. Okay, good. hmm Okay. Exactly. You're a lawyer? I am. Where'd you study at? In a
2: Ohio State University. Oh, really? Law school.
1: Yeah. Undergrad where at?
2: Pepperdine University. Oh, Pepperdine. You have the, the, green yeah. wa-
1: the Green Wave? You went from a Green Wave to a Buckeye?
2: The- Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Very good. Very good. All I'm glad you're familiar. No, no, I'm I'm a sports junkie. Don't no hold it against me. So I, I'm familiar. Oh, okay. Beautiful. I'm, okay. Fantastic. I'm, yeah.
2: I'm, well, we I'm, have I'm, to have a whole conversation about uh, sports mental health.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm, mm-hmm. I know, so I know about Pepperdine because I grew up a UCLA basketball fan. And
3: uh, oh yes, yeah. Yes, UCLA, course, so that UCLA always.
1: That dream yes. <laughs> UCLA always played Pepperdine Northridge. You know know, they got that uh, Southern California, the the basketball teams, um, Loyola, Loyola Marymount, right? Uh, Loyola Marymount,
2: exactly. Long Beach State. Yeah, yeah. Long Beach State, all
1: all those. So I'm I'm a junkie like that. So don't hold it against me. So I've always, um,
3: I've
1: always um, known of Pepperdine because they had a great basketball player by the name of Dennis Johnson. And
2: uh, Dennis
1: won. Johnson, yes,
3: absolutely. Doug
1: Christie. Doug Christie, yes. Yeah, yeah. He won uh-huh. a championship uh, with uh, the Seattle Supersonics. Then he won a couple more with the Celtics DJ. That's what he was known yes, at. Uh, that's and right. plus, I just, I, just got it. I love Southern California. I don't know what it is, but I went there. Uh, the first time I was 29 years old, I was, I've been watching it on TV, watching chips, watching all the different, the, the different sitcoms, the different, uh, you know, shows. And I finally got to California before, uh, one year before. It was a couple months before I hit 30, and I fell in love. And the, the, the rest is history. So Pepperdine. And then you went to Ohio State. I'm connected with, with Ohio State as well. My best friend, his, both of his parents graduated from Ohio State. So I've been a Buckeye fan. Uh, football team. Uh, for years. So, you know, I'm, I've been in pain since November because they lost to Michigan again.
3: and did. Uh, and that, that's, that's, that's been rough. That's been rough.
1: <laughs> but it is what it is. So we're, we'll talk about Courtney Lang uh, today. So, you did your undergrad at Pepperdine. You got the mm-hmm. JD at Ohio State. Columbus?
2: Columbus, Ohio, yes. What's that like? Mm-hmm.
1: What's, what's Columbus like? You know,
2: it's a great... City because the university is the entire city.
1: Yeah, man, that's what all the Big Ten schools, for the most part. Uh, yes. Yeah. If you went to a Big Ten school, the Big Ten, the, the, the university takes over the town,
3: right?
2: The entire, exactly the entire town. So yeah, it's it's very dynamic. It's grown a lot. You know, it was growing when I was there, but it has truly expanded. So it gives a good cross section of of the u.s. in terms of pulling mm-hmm. you know so many different people
1: and from popularity a popularity standpoint successful. ohio state is one mm-hmm. of the most popular schools in america very
2: popular
3: yes yeah that's yeah. right, yeah. I, that's I've, right.
1: I've, I've driven through uh, uh columbus uh, a couple of times i've done the new york to cincinnati thing new york to louisville oh, and, and and when yeah. when you leave when you leave pittsburgh um the next stop is columbus and then you head south uh head down towards um uh, Cincinnati. 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 mm
2: mm-hmm. Cincinnati. 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 <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And, and, and I Cincinnati. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So um, tell us about um, Lanco and Partners.
2: So Lanco and Partners is a health equity and health justice public affairs firm. And what we are committed to is ensuring the right to health, particularly mental health and mental wellness. And so the nexus of what we do is empower, educate, navigate, and enforce the rights of patients and communities to have greater access to culturally and diverse treatment and care.
1: Um, How did it come about?
2: So the firm was founded just shy of 10 years ago really based off of a need that I identified where the public health and the private sector weren't necessarily collaborating in this space around equity and justice in a way that empowered individuals and communities. A lot of talking at such a high level, but not at a personal level. And all health care is personal. So I founded the firm with the inspiration to help benefit patients and communities, and that's what we've been devoted to for the, the last decade.
1: Now you've you've worked with um, some some of the big wigs, you know. Um, they call them what the big pharma. That's what they refer to them as.
2: The big pharma. Yes, exactly. Uh, Pfizer. Yes, so e- I worked for an Eli Lillian Company as the U.S. public affairs liaison, mm-hmm. Pfizer, uh, federal. Federal advocacy and covering the vaccine portfolio, as well as neuroscience and specialty care. Um, prior to that, Wyeth, Pfizer took over YS um, in a merger. And so it's been a beautiful tapestry of touching so many different disease states, so many different families and patients from the private sector lens. But my passion has always been. The community and really making a difference in individual lives. So, converting some of that knowledge and making sure that it translates to real world support and help for people that need it.
1: Now, you, you did some studying uh, in, in England, um, comparative health. Talk a little bit about what you learned over there, how, how, they, how they deal, how they look at, and how they provide and access health care for folks living. Uh uh in United Kingdom as opposed to America. I mean two different landscapes altogether. I understand that. Completely, but, but,
2: yeah, completely yeah. two different landscapes. B- but but, yeah, vi- but a visual were-
1: a vision is a vision. So talk a bit from a from a visionary standpoint,
2: if you will. Yes, the the landscape in the UK with national health services is so vastly different than how we receive our health care and the study um and the certificate that I was able to acquire was really focused on European Union law. Mm -hmm. There were so many changes and still, you know, ever evolving on the healthcare front, but the comparing systems of care from different countries, different spaces and places and why geography always matters to healthcare delivery was really the nexus of the program. So comparing national health services, which everyone is going to get care right to our system that is more democratized but oftentimes in that leaves many people behind there's an interesting tension on do we really provide the right to health in the u.s or are we you know passively acquiescing to a system that continues to geographically isolate and that's why it's so important to have this conversation with you in the Virgin Islands understanding how we can do better this January focusing on mental wellness and what that means for the overall improvement of our physical health care, our spiritual health care, our environmental health care, our emotional health care and how we're documenting that. No so the studies from a comparative analysis from the UK to the the US and other systems around the world is really helpful to inform where we are today as we look at community health Is it's all about it's all about community at the end of the day are we getting the care that's needed to the end user
1: Let, let's go back a decade and a half <clears throat> to the affordable uh care act and and why it was so controversial and 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 surprisingly controversial um yeah. cle- clearly clearly it got over but i'm still dumbfounded at how there w- there are those who have a problem with health care for everybody and affordable health care and uh it, it I, I know that politics is what it is and all this stuff at the time yeah. I, not, at, at the time I myself was a a state senator here but um I, was it? because of what they were wanting to accomplish or was it because of who the messenger was or a combination of both? Because at the time we had a president who a, was a a person of color who was moving this, made this happen. It was a priority when he campaigned and uh, it impacted the political terrain. Um, tea uh-huh. part, the, the Tea Party, the Tea Party literally uh-huh. was born because of the, 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 the Affordable Health Care Act, uh, so. Affordable Care Act. Uh, uh, all that stuff. W- why was it as controversial as it was? Um, and of course, of course, you had the, you already had a template in place, and people's pocketbook pocketbooks were going to be impacted um, in terms of money they're making, in terms of costs, uh, wh- what uh-huh. have you. Looking back at it, you know, we have the benefit of hindsight now. When you look back at it, wh- wh- why do you think it was it, w- it was that turbulent, for the lack of a better term?
2: Yeah, Neville, I think you hit the nail on the head, right, who the messenger was. Anytime black people are in a leadership position, and we see it every day on the front page of the paper, unfortunately, there are the naysayers, the attacks come at a disproportionate rate because what the ACA did, is actually deliver a solution to people who without the Affordable Care Act would not have even been able to access the system of care in a very intentional way. My challenge is always, can you imagine facing the COVID-19 pandemic if we did not have the Affordable Care Act?
1: That's scary. Can
2: you imagine? Look at the death toll that COVID has taken on our communities, on black and brown people. Can you imagine how Mm -hmm. we would have suffered three times, five times, 10 times greater without the ACA? Mm -hmm. And just people across the nation, the territories, we would have been dying at a much higher rate. We actually owe a debt of gratitude to the Obama administration for being advocates for
1: patient health and justice because
2: we uh, have uh, all uh, been a benefit
1: and, right? and Justice John Roberts who saved it yes. in 2012. Absolutely. we, we, we got we got, to give we the, we never got forget we, we got to give the chief it's Justice his propers. We, yes. got, we got to give so
3: decision yeah. That, right
1: yeah yeah that preserved it. yeah yes. he, he I remember in 20, and, and that was just two years into it they were ready to kill it Correct. You know, within two years, they didn't even give it a ch- a legitimate chance. It was about you know, protecting um, the folks who finance campaigns and who had a problem okay. with, with, with um, changing the landscape and and, right. and here we are, and then ten years later, we had a pandemic. is not that something?
3: From, it, 20, from, it, it from was, 2010 to, yes. 20, to
1: 2020
3: yes.
1: and then and then uh you know the the need for for, for health care um was so critical. And uh-huh. it, it literally showed that, that the Affordable Care Act um, you know, was a lifesaver, literally and figuratively.
2: That's, that's correct. And we are all beneficiaries. And I think that part of the challenge for this divided world that we live in is that a lot of times people don't see themselves as beneficiaries. But we have all benefited greatly by the ACA just by the sheer volume Mm -hmm. of people that are in the system. Mm -hmm. And to your point, which I think was a beautiful one, understanding um, how political expression and association does make a difference in the decision-making of how we receive care and how care is delivered.
1: And how we're educated. I think that uh, we we, we tend to take that part um, a little bit for granted um, because everything we do in life uh, nowadays is continuing education, you know. Uh, uh, yeah. and, and it's so important yeah. that, that we get people to yeah. buy into. Um, don't just do something because somebody tells you it's, it's good for you. Do it because it allows for you to, to broaden your scope and to have a better understanding of, you know, what we're dealing with and uh, what have you. were talking with uh, Courtney Lang, um, a Pepperdine Green Wave, Ohio State University Buckeye uh, and her company um, Lanco and Partners and they're in the business of uh, um, fundamental rights to health for patients public health and social change and uh, Courtney is a pioneer in improving patient and provider advocacy provide promoting mental and emotional wellness and spearheading a humanistic approach uh, to healthcare care uh, delivery. Uh, a healthcare leader, Courtney, consults with organizations on access, affordability, structural racism, and the importance of systemic change. When we come back uh, from our from our first break, um, I want uh, us to get into um, in looking at the Virgin Islands uh, template and our terrain. Uh, what can we do uh, as a people uh, to continue to uh, understand uh, why um, knowledge of health care and 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 knowing how it can make for a better society uh, can benefit all of us as a people Um, we're gonna take our first break in this segment and then uh, in this hour and then uh, we'll come back and continue our conversation uh, with Miss Lang uh, right after this
0: To the fresh start, the Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go, a non community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay and one in Peters Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our nonprofit community investment checking account. Member FDIC.
3: I'm Ayesha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News.
0: Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.
3: News happens all week, all around the world. If you want to understand what this French election is all about... Four candidates are running unopposed, and three of them met reporters Thursday.
2: Whatever the outcome of today's elections, the secessionist genie is out of the bottle. News, analysis, perspective, music, books, and sports,
0: too. Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1.
3: Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Hear the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe.
0: Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1.
1: And we're back here on Analysis, and, and we got um Courtney Lang JD, founder and principal of Langhorn Partners, joining us. And we're talking about um, everything associated with uh, public health, uh, emotional and mental wellness, uh, understanding the landscape. Good morning, once again, counselor. Glad to have you on. Good
2: morning. <laughs> good morning. Good, good morning. Thank good. you again, Neville.
1: Yeah, you've done you've done your uh, your homework with respect to um, healthcare in the Virgin Islands.
2: Yes, I have been very fortunate to have been tracking mental health in particular Mm -hmm. in the Virgin Islands since the inception of my firm, which I referenced a little while ago in our first half of this segment. And I am moved and motivated to really help bring greater visibility to some solutions that can really make a difference here. And I'm delighted to have this conversation with you um, and really help to support the community.
1: Now, um, mental health um, has become a high-profile um, topic and got, getting, getting the attention uh, it needs um, really in the last, I'd say 10 to 15 years here in the Virgin Islands, but our problems go way back um, before that. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Talk a little bit um, about um, the stigma that, that we had to overcome into accepting that um, you know, mental health uh, is a very serious problem. We just can't look at those who are affected as getting caught up and uh, so be it, um, that we have an obligation to to try our best uh, to support them and, and let them know that um, they can uh, cycle their way back to being contributing members of our society.
2: Yes, they are us. We are all impacted by mental health. I serve on the board for mental health america and i chair the ad hoc committee on anti-racism equity and social justice and i have evolved my perspective they are us we are all in this tapestry of mental wellness together but there are three fundamental questions that i always try to impart to audiences what everyone needs to know is, where do I go for help? Who do I call? And what do I do? In the Virgin Islands, if we can answer these three simple questions, and this is true for all communities, but particularly here, where do I go? Who do I call? And what do I do? We can answer those questions. We will meet and face and improve the human condition here in the Virgin Island. And I think we have an opportunity today to actually move the needle to help address some of the challenges right now that are making it difficult for individuals to navigate the system of care.
1: Um, knowledge is king, queen, rook, bishop. Night bond. Uh, how do we go about um, getting that educational component to the levels that we need it to be? For example, um, <clears throat> you know, we grew up, you know, hearing bad things about Fidel Castro, communism, and all that stuff. But the reality uh-huh. is, th- th- if there were two things that um, he uh, was adamant about providing for his people, was education and healthcare, and uh-huh. and of course, you know, as a as a Che Guevara. Uh, you know, admirer, right? Let me, put, let me put it that way. I can't yeah. say a disciple because I, there's certain things that certain extremes that he went to that I don't know if I have it in me. But I believe. Uh-huh. I, but you know, as it relates to um, what he wanted, um, you know, for the have-nots, uh, as yeah. opposed to what the haves um, were monopolizing, um, healthcare. Um, and he was a doctor. Uh, healthcare was very, very uh, important to him, and and making sure that everybody is provided for. Um, how, do, yeah. how, 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 do, how do we get the buy-in from everybody? Not only from a knowledge standpoint, but, but from an understanding of why it is so valuable for us uh, here uh, in the territory uh, as a people, as a society.
2: Yes, Neville, you, you brought up stigma, and I wanted to make sure that we connected stigma to how can we make a difference and how can we create change. So, on a real practical level, we as a community need to do better to destigmatize help seeking behavior. When individuals are seeking help, we actually need to stand with them in support of treatment, in support of care. We cannot approach mental health with a stigmatized impression, right? So, you brought up Castro. What Castro ultimately was, and his legacy, is really being an advocate for the people. So we need to stand as advocates for the people in community. So how do we do that, right? We have to help support that there is a mental health workforce shortage across all disciplines. But we must, 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 must emphasize with the political leaders here in the territories and beyond that resources need to be dedicated to make sure that the needs in community can actually be addressed with providers in community if you have to travel a long way it's not going to happen we need to embed psychiatrists counselors and psychologists in community i was completely taken aback when i pulled the vital statistics for the us virgin islands and realized that 22 and a half percent of middle school students middle school had suicidal thoughts middle school 14% of them made a plan and nearly 10% had an attempt we are in a crisis in the community and because we're in a crisis we need to hold people accountable so what I liked about your question analysis is the advocacy we must customize an advocacy plan so that we can get resources directed here and I'm going to tell you what happened last night a Little anecdote there is a uh, a local individual who was a friend of mine who's visiting the island for a holiday, Dr. Teo Carlo-Strong, who trained at Yale Medicine, but he's from St. Croix, and we actually witnessed someone who needed some support. We called 988, which is our crisis hotline that is completely available to everyone, 988, we were diverted to California. No one answered the phone locally. Wow. Can you believe this, Neville? 988 is supposed to bring mental health support and resources locally. The call was answered in California. How is that helping the person... Here, if the call is answered in California so what I liked about being with Dr. Strawn in, in the fact that he is a licensed psychiatrist and in practicing in Connecticut he has a telemedicine practice and you know is able to to assist and I think we need to do a better job in linking people through the telemedicine but you know he's local he was graduated here from Central High School we were together and identified, there's a huge gap. If the call is
1: being diverted to California, undeniably, a huge gap. And these are the gaps that we need to fill. We need to actually remove um, because you we need you, you need mm-hmm. that you need you need you know. There's, there's something about communication that we take to tend for granted. Take yes, that we tend to take for granted, and um, you know. You would want somebody on island to be the to be the one answering the questions, not diverted
3: yes.
1: um, to someone who has no zero knowledge of of the terrain and what we're dealing with.
2: Yes, and we want to make sure that the person on the other end of the line, when it's a crisis call, and this was in fact a crisis call, mm-hmm. there was clearly someone who was having a mental health crisis. We want to make sure that the call is answered locally, that the help is supported locally, and that the culture is taken into consideration. We want to make sure that the person on the other end of the phone understands the language that I speak and the nuances that I speak and doesn't misunderstand me and how I talk and how I relate and how I describe the pain or the situation that I'm experiencing. We want to make sure that person isn't minimizing my story. So this is where race equity and culture and all of these other social and societal factors come into play because we must demand that our crisis platform minimally is intact. And right now, we identify that gap, but we do have the opportunity, not just with the advocacy, but we have an opportunity with the children, with the youth to really make sure that we start encouraging a broader workforce, encouraging a community that really is invested in a workforce to address this youth mental health crisis that could transform the next generation, right? So if we had the opportunity not just to educate, but how you said to communicate. We need the other opportunity is to navigate. We have to identify the the spaces and places that are safe here where people can immediately get help. There is a bed shortage in the Virgin Islands. There are staffing shortages, but there are also beds. We We need psychiatric beds. We need respite where people can collect themselves. We need crisis and subacute care. We need acute and subacute. We need safe spaces so that people can feel well and whole again. It is not only what's necessary, but it should be what is required. And that's why your platform is so critical. This is what is required for us to have a healthy community. Because
1: our mental health and our physical health are intimately connected. We cannot divorce the two. And public health is um, the conduit to make that happen. Which brings me to the next question. Uh, Have you been communicating with our commissioner and our local public uh, health department, um, uh, Department of Health, um, uh, and talking about and and actually strategizing about how we uh, go about addressing the areas of need?
2: I have been looking at trends nationally, and have an open platform of ideas, suggestions, recommendations, and would be honored to support, uh, have conversation, and share some of my national learnings, you know, locally with what I have. on trend across the country because I think that we can learn from other spaces and places that have some of these geographic constraints. I will say that I was completely um, in awe of the St. Core Foundation. I thought that the work that has been done on the Kids Count data book and initiative was fantastic. And I believe that was under the president of Deanna James of St. Croix Foundation. Yeah, St. Croix Foundation, really yeah. Who was that, mm-hmm. collecting data on the aftermath of natural disasters, collecting data on the aftermath of the pandemic. And this brings up why we need to have the data. There's a little bit of a gap in the Virgin Islands. I was pulling data, knowing that I was going to talk to you. And the data set, we're a little bit inconsistent we need some data standardization so that we can have data equity so that we can make sure that the solutions are actually being targeted to the neighborhood in the communities where we live we have to be very specific and intentional with data and a lot of times what i've found is that people are scared of data they don't want to report data you know data's scary it's a lot We need the data. Data equity is essential, and we need to hold public health accountable to making sure that the data standards are set so that we report out statistics that can actually permeate to that individual neighborhood level. This is the vision. So while I have not met with local officials, what I have done nationally can help to inform process I have, however, been monitoring the trends. I did share with you my, my colleague who, who is from here, who grew up here, we have been looking at trends in, in various um, other, of, of the Virgin Islands, St. Thomas, as well, looking at trends um, across the platform. And one thing that we have noticed is that from an advocacy perspective, you hit the nail on the head. The visibility is not there. And if we can collectively take leaders to amplify the visibility, we can bring greater attention. But at the end of the day, we need to help navigate where are the spaces that people can go here today and get help that they need.
1: Just wanna crack a little joke. Um, Data. I know you said data. We like to say data in these parts. Oh, data. Okay. Data, <laughs> no, 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 no no no, 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 no.
2: Okay.
1: It's not data. <laughs> it data. is. It is data. I no. can't Correct
3: it. Okay.
1: <laughs> No, I'm just having I'll stay fun. Corrected. No, I'm okay. just having fun. Data. People say data too. I just like to say the data because you know I'm, I'm a hip hop guy, so the data, okay. you know, and all that stuff. The data. Yeah. I got it. I got it. No, I'm love just it. having fun. I, I said I couldn't wait. I couldn't I wait. It. I couldn't wait for you to finish so I could tell you the data. You know what I'm saying? So, the data. Yeah. I got it. The us. data. That's us. You know when we come back from yes. from this break, I want to talk about um, something that that uh, took place in the pandemic. Okay. The the George Floyd murder. Um <clears throat> Memorial Day, uh twenty twenty, um literally um was a catalyst for um public protests globally. Uh-huh. And and it showed how everything uh in life is integrated. And the, the 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 reason for the global protests wasn't just about the murder. Um I had my friend John Abramson on with me um that summer and he was breaking it down for me and he's a uh a, a health um, been a guru and he said the, the distribution of wealth is a concern that we need that 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 necessitated uh, a lot of those protests so i want to talk about that when we come back from this break we'll be back right after this
3: on wait wait don't tell me we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like jeff bezos he had that big the, cowboy hat on <laughs> he looked like like a shrink ray had hit garth brooks <laughs> <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at
0: 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.
2: He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service
0: members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.
3: Doom scrolling? Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News.
0: Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.
3: With American Democracy Under Threat, diplomat Richard Haas outlined 10 habits for citizens to help preserve democracy.
2: My goal is to have a national conversation, to have people think of
1: citizenship as something more than just rights. There's also encompassing obligations.
3: Find out what you can do to help protect American democracy and see citizens taking action on A Citizen's Guide to Preserving Democracy. Tune in January 4th at 9 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12.
1: Analyze this. Uh, <clears throat> talking with um, Courtney Lang, uh, award-winning. Um, I, saw, I saw a document here where you were awarded um, the ABHP President's Award. Um, that acronym is for the Association of Black Health System Pharmacists, right?
2: yeah yeah uh, That's so, correct. So
1: congratulations yes. on, on on that award. Um, and you receive uh, your award from um, Dr. John Clark and and Harry Norsworthy?
3: Yes.
1: When was that? That was
2: in December. That was December
3: the 7th.
1: Okay. Yeah, just,
2: you know, Mm
1: a little shy of a month ago, yeah. And you uh, um, talk about, um, oh, this was out in Anaheim?
2: It was it was out in Anaheim. There's an annual meeting that mm-hmm. the Association of Health System Pharmacists has. It's the largest clinical meeting for for pharmacists and and you I've were been advocating for you,
1: you recognized for your advocacy of that, yeah. You recognized for your advocacy and, and all that. It's interesting because my, my earlier guest, um, um, uh, she actually was uh, she has a a program to. Uh, help develop our young people from elementary level up to, to high school, and um, she was mentioning Anaheim. They took a cross country trip, and they ended up in Anaheim. So interesting how Anaheim came up in both uh, hours of my uh, show uh, today. That is
2: interesting. Yeah, yeah. So
1: so so I was talking about um, a conversation I had with Johnny Rumson back in 2020, and he said, "You know, Neville, because when you looked at the, the the protests, and there were global protests in the aftermath of the George uh-huh. Floyd um, murder." That's what it was. I'm going to just be very candid, right? Yes, and, yes
2: it was a
3: murder.
1: And uh, so it wasn't just limited to America. You know, you're looking at Paris, mm-hmm. London, um, mm-hmm. uh, Amsterdam, um, mm-hmm. New, New Zealand, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I said, John, why is this thing, you know, catching like wildfire? You know, and of course, all over America. I believe even in South Korea, they may have had a uh, a protest as well. And he said, Neville, it's all about people having a problem with the distribution of wealth. Uh, um, uh-huh. it, it isn't just about the murder itself. That was the uh-huh. that was the catalyst. The, the 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 people have been looking for an opportunity to let the haves know that there are way too many have-nots, and it's inexplicable why it's like that. Uh, uh-huh. From your perspective, uh, knowing uh, uh, knowing the industry, uh, healthcare. Um, there's so much money involved in this. Um, you know, how do we... Just from, a, I mean, a, a practical standpoint, right? Try our best to level the playing field a whole lot more than it is now. It's not going to be perfect, but, you know, we got to do something because as it stands right now, the monopolization of healthcare. care, um, even though we got to give the current administration credit because he was bragging about insulin prices... Um, being yeah. at thirty five dollars for our, our our elderly population, effective Monday, things of that nature, which which is a start. But uh, what else do we have to do uh, to get us to where uh, people are feeling better about the distribution of services?
2: Yeah, I I love how you framed the socioeconomic deficit in communities that it's a it's a gap. Of Of wealth, it's a gap of economics. I would also argue that it's a gap of health that George Floyd's murder unmasked, unveiled, illuminated. What we have long known in black and brown communities is that racism is a public health crisis. It took a trillion views of george floyd's murder to illuminate what we have long understood and what now in public health is a cornerstone of so much research so much work talking about racism and race equity so my point is that wealth and health cannot be divorced from one another wealth and health are intimately connected. They are symbiotic in nature because we need each in order to attain what we're considering quintessential health services, access, treatment, cures, all the things. So what's our solve here? At the top of the hour, you brought up Robert. Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, and the SCOTUS decision with ACA. Mm -hmm. I would argue that your emphasis on Roberts' role in terms of protecting access to care is intimately connected to this part of the of the conversation because this is a health justice issue. What is health justice? Correct. Right. What is health justice? Right. It really means that what we are doing is forcing accountability to the system to make sure that no one is left behind structurally we are socialized to the term like reproductive justice when it comes to the rights of women expanding that that's an example of health justice that's an example of health justice racial justice also could fall under the broader umbrella of health justice. When we are not permitted to have spaces and places like safety net clinics and hospitals that are open in our community, that's a health justice issue. That's a structural issue. When we can't get what we need at the pharmacy, I love the insulin example, deep bow to the Biden, Harris administration right we need to make sure that people can get what they need in a timely fashion when they need it that's collective action that's community engagement that's empowerment those are voices these are response strategies justice this is a justice movement health justice is wealth justice we cannot be denied and so we need to use the court system, expose what it means for real-world advocacy and accountability. Right? We need more of these community organizers that we saw, that movement, that groundswell that you spoke about globally with George Floyd. It cannot stop because if it stops, then we, we become stagnant. We become impotent. We can't have change. We have to keep going. The momentum has to keep going. So your platform, leadership, visibility, social media, we need the communications channels to continue to keep us in the limelight. When we're not on the front page, they forget about us, quickly. That 988 story that I shared with you, that's a health justice issue.
1: Health injustice.
2: Correct, that's a health injustice issue. We need to prosecute it as a health justice issue.
1: We got our work cut out for us. That's what you're saying, and uh, we we do, and
2: it, we're we're all a part of the solve, though, right? We can't pass it on to someone else.
1: Well, it starts with knowledge, it's, man. It's, we got we got to educate the public about you know. First of all, we need to find out where we are collectively. Yes. Yeah. Uh, from an educational standpoint, yeah, that's that's why that's why that's why you, that's why you, you test people, because you want to know where where levels they're at. And then you can start to address the areas of infusion, education, infusion, uh-huh. for the lack of a better term, uh-huh. right? Um, yeah. Know, I don't know if it, uh, I don't know if that's the right terminology, but you know, I think infusion is applicable in that regard because you go on to, uh because we know they have the capacity, right? It's about getting getting them get, getting the information to them so they have a better understanding uh, of where we were, where we are, and where we should go. I don't like to say need to go, but where we should go to allow for everybody to be a beneficiary. So, uh, yes, th- that's beneficiary. how beneficiary. I yeah, like that. Yeah, that's, beneficiary. That, that's how we look at it, you know, so beneficiary, you know what I'm saying? So uh, uh, that's what we got. Uh, so um, when are you going to be in these parts?
2: Whenever you need me to be here, I'm here. So I think that if we can take the, the funds, of the festivals and the fusion of all of the things that we're celebrating at the top of this new year, mm-hmm. if we can take these moments when we're gathered in community and we can use that as platform for public health awareness, for our advocacy, when we're already gathered together, we galvanize when we're together. And we take these opportunities that we'll never have again. And we channel that into our, what I call it, it's our health ministry. That's what we're doing. This is a community health ministry. Mm. Our advocacy, our justice, where do you go? Who do you call? What do you do? We need to make sure that we can navigate from the fun into the solve so that we are whole, we are healed and we are together and that we are taking each of our voices and illuminating that light. So I'm here. You call me back Neville, I'll be on the ground.
1: So I'm talking about, and uh, the next time we talk, we could um, be a little bit more specific, talk about um, diabetes. I just got a uh, a text from one of my listeners and, and, and their family member um, dealt with that um, before they passed on. We could talk about diabetes and hypertension, which are two uh, critical, critical uh, ailments and diseases that uh, impact us people of color here in the territory. So uh, next time we could get as, as specific as need be. Uh, counselor, it was great talking to you this morning. Courtney Lang. Um, Pepperdine, OSU. Know what I'm saying? Yes. DC, right? Yes. DC, right?
2: DC, yes. Court lanco Partners. Lanco Partners. Mm-hmm. Com. Yes. I'm. I'm here. I'm here to serve. Here to help and here to support. Thank you, Neville, for this opportunity. Yeah. Um, you are the light, and I'm honored to share this space with you in community today.
1: And congratulations on. Um, being recognized for your advocacy, and uh, we need um, more Courtney Lang to the world uh, uh, out here, um, advocating um, for a better quality of life for the people of the Virgin Islands, people of the Caribbean, people of the Western yes. Hemisphere, people of the world. Thank you very much.
2: Yes. Happy Thank New you. Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. God mm. bless.
1: Okay, good. You got it. That's Courtney Lang uh, of our Langco uh, and Partners. And she got a very impressive resume, you know, worked for Pfizer, Eli Lilly, you know, doing her own thing the last uh, 10, 12 years. So, so that's good. You know, I want to take this, uh, this last couple of minutes here to uh, give a shout out uh, to uh, my engineers, you know. They, uh, <clears throat> you know they, they've allowed for this job uh, to be, you know, pretty autopilot for me. You know, seamless. And I got Danny Challenger here on the board this morning. And, um, you know, I got Jamar, uh, Glenn Roy, um, Tristan. Yeah, you know, the list goes on and on. I had uh, Zoe, Zoe said, do it, Doug Harris back in the day. And I just wanted to take this opportunity. You uh, know, we're not working tomorrow, right? We have tomorrow, right? Uh, after tomorrow. And uh, I just want to take this time because, uh, uh, you know, we come in here, y'all hear me running my mouth. <clears throat> and, and like they say, you know, trying to sound intelligent. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But uh, there really is an infrastructure in place here. Um and you know, it didn't dawn on me until you know a couple of weeks into the gig, you know, how um important the the, the line of communication is with us here, uh, the way our thing is set up with Mountain Top. I want to give a shout out to Sean, all the people over there at Mountain Top. Uh, we got Chris, uh, who was our engineer when I got, got here. You know, just all the players, you know. Uh have been Kira for a little while. Of course, the boss, uh, Tanya Singh. You know, um, that we're going to be all right here, you know. And, and you know, when Miss uh, line came on, I was like, you know, how does this one work? But clearly, right, we're doing something right. Because uh, she made a statement, you know, where she was literally saying that you know, somebody told her that this medium would be ideal to, to spread uh, our need for understanding uh, what she uh, tries to provide and offers uh, to people, men- mental health, wellness, uh, and all that good stuff. So what I wanted to do was to let you know, I'm merely the messenger, I'm a voice, right? We like got a lot of people behind the scenes that make this, you know, the informational medium so that when we get here at 8, I know Doug school like this one, by 10 o'clock, we're a little bit more knowledgeable than we were when we got here this morning. And uh, I am grateful to all of them. And, you know, uh, very rarely we have misunderstandings. Very, very rare, you know. Of course, that's you know, respect, you know, for each other as a part in that. But I just wanted to take this last couple of minutes here and uh, before we got another long weekend. Cause, you know, we had a, a four-day last week. We're going to have a four-day. I mean, a three-day last week. We have another 3 this week. Three-day this weekend. Uh, Thanks, Ohio, so man. And let's make uh 2024, you know, the the productive year that uh, we can make it be uh, here on Analyze This going forward. Muchi Shang um that picture you sent me a point internet, I put it on internet and also and people liked it with the president and, and Lola and, Melba and the other uh, parishioners there and the priests uh, as well when the president uh, went to church uh, went to mass on Saturday afternoon okay so we good enjoy the long weekend happy three Kings day enjoy the parade festivities if you can't make it watch it on TV and all that stuff and uh be back here on Monday enjoy the weekend bye bye
0: The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. A new year deserves a fresh start. The Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go, a non-profit community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay, and one in Peter's rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our non-profit community investment checking account. Member FDIC.
3: Music can be an incredibly personal experience. A song can inspire you, it can comfort you, it can make you feel understood, but it can even take you back to a specific moment in your life. And it all begins with the artist. Join me, Raina Duras, as I get personal through in-depth interviews with your favorite musicians and find out where those songs come from on World Cafe.
0: Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1.